for centuries. We've been warned about little green men. Now, they are coming. They're coming for you. Run. But first, shut your windows. Hide your apples. Prepare for the attack of the android. And now, your host and the human leader of the android underground, Matt Lee. Dun, 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 dun. What's up, everybody? It's Tuesday, December 3rd, 2013. This is episode 107 of Attack of the Androids. Every week, Tuesday evening, right here, attackoftheandroids.com. That's our site. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Like the intro said, join this evening via the magic of Skype, and it is magical. Eric Finkenbeiner, what's happening? It's a glorious day in Skype land. I like it when it's working. Yeah. And via the magic of Google's Hangouts, Nick Carroll from Texas. What's up, Nick? Hey, guys. Glad to be back. Good to have your back. Uh, what should we start out with? There was... Did you guys see, uh, of course, Black Friday happened, Cyber Monday, sales abound. Um, Motorola's website not handling the traffic so much to the point where they actually issued an apology. <laughs> Which... I mean, you're Google, right? Like, how does your site go down at that point? I could understand if it was still just, you know, Motorola, but, like, is that just showing that Google hasn't put any infrastructure behind this and they're still just kind of coasting on what Motorola had in place? Or, I I don't get that. Like, how how did you... Matt, have you ever bought something from Google when, like, like, during any important, like, launch, the announcement of... A new Nexus device, it always goes down. I guess I've I never have. Which I the only thing I've bought actually from Google was storage space for Drive like five years ago when it was super cheap. But yeah. um, all of my devices have come from uh, carriers for, so for subsidy sake because you know I'm poor. Um, but yeah, I, we we do stores on it every time it happens, and it always seems like every time they they push, there's there's some sort of problem. But that's just tech for you. I mean, you know, it happens. No, I mean, it shouldn't happen. Are we at the you point would, you where... would think that for, for a company who handles the load of the internet... <laughs> right. <laughs> they can't handle Black Friday. We are kind of at that point, right, where we should have this stuff figured out well enough to to serve the majority of the online population at any given time. But not so much. Think. Not so much. Or, I mean, Richard Richard Hay would probably have been, you know, great to chime in on this if he even would. Which is that you would think that they would like that they could scale. Like, you know, typically the motor the Motorola site only takes up you know x amount of of processing power. But then if it needs more, it grabs it from available. Like Google has a surplus, I'm sure. Well, and that's what I was saying. Like, is that just showing that perhaps Google hasn't really put anything into that side of it yet? I know they're working on their own infrastructure system. I can't remember the name of it, but they're working on their competitive service to Amazon Web Services, where it's like a scalable cloud services, and you know, you just sort of expand, you know, the computing power of your uh, oh the engine website. what uh, yeah, the engine to it, yeah the analytic engine or something I forget yeah. what it's called but yeah yeah but uh, it, apparently they're not, it's not done yet <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you would think it would get better over time you know so well and it will and well, I mean what? the traffic is larger over time so it has to kind of to keep up but maybe they should have hosted it on like a Squarespace or something <laughs> who knows whatever you know what I can imagine though is that. Like I've I've been through a very big merger of two big companies um, before, and it takes years for all these systems to get integrated. And I wouldn't be surprised if this Motorola website is still sitting on Motorola infrastructure. That's what I was saying. And, I think that might be the case. Yeah. Well, well, we'll but what's good about this though is that they're redoing the. Um, the uh, was it one hundred and fifty dollars off promo? They're redoing it uh, starting tomorrow on Wednesday, and then they're going to do it again next Monday. So if you did not get a Moto X and you want to get 
you want to get one either on contract or off contract. And what was the I mean, the big cool. deal? It was a three hundred and forty nine dollar Moto X off yeah. contract, yeah, contract, so just free, straight yeah. up open. Here it is. Yeah, and that's really good. That is Nexus. That is Nexus Five pricing: three forty nine yes. for sixteen gig, three ninety nine for thirty two gig. That is really really good. I like that. And you can have orange buttons. <laughs> well, I'm sold. I like the the article on The Verge here. It says uh, CEO Dennis Woodside has issued a formal apology to disappointed consumers everywhere. Quote, we owe you an apology. I want you to understand what happened and what we're doing to rectify the situation. Uh, according to Woodside, Motorola badly misjudged demand for the discounted Moto X which wound up being far greater than we expected. The mistakes piled up from there. Uh, As Woodside says, his company failed to adequately test Motomaker before the offer went live. Quote, Testing failed to reveal weaknesses caused by large volumes of concurrent orders flowing through the Motomaker customization engine. A massive spike in traffic and web orders quickly led to Motomaker going down for the count. Uh, quote, we couldn't fulfill orders. The site became unstable. Uh, Woodside notes that some orders were filled, likely referring to developer edition Moto X handsets that they managed to successfully sell, but admits that many customers tried all day to place their orders unsuccessfully. And then, like you said, uh, there's going to be two more chances for the uh, 349 promotion uh, going on through tomorrow, and then again uh, on the ninth, so well, it's going to start tomorrow. So they're like, so if you went there right now, I don't think you can get this deal. But then Wednesday morning, starting at some time, it will they'll kick it back on, and then you'll have Wednesday to do your order, and then you'll have another opportunity because they'll shut it off after Wednesday, and then you'll have another opportunity the following Monday. Cool. I like that in the comments here. It's like, so is this available in Canada? And they're like. Nope. And one of the comments says, I'll trade you my Moto Maker eligibility for your healthcare system. And then the next comment says, Wow, now that's juicy troll bait. <laughs> right? <laughs> oh, I love the comments. So good. So good. Uh, let's see. Did you guys see the SMS security flaw affecting Nexus devices on Android 4.3 and 4.4? Yeah, it's I special. caught wind of it. I caught wind of it, but I didn't actually read the article on that. Has this affected either of your Nexus devices? Thankfully, no. Okay. Uh, Basically, it's a vulnerability. Uh, It will render your phone useless. By sending a particular type of SMS message, the phone is forced to reboot and in some instances reconnect to the mobile data service. Uh, With that, users may not know their device hasn't reconnected, uh, essentially making it useless. By sending bulk flash SMS messages. Now, this isn't Adobe Flash, right? Like, this isn't an embedded no. Flash file, right? This is a certain type of SMS. Yes. Uh, sometimes referred to as Type 0 SMS, the device forces itself to shut down. Upon relaunch, the device may need to reconnect to mobile data connectivity via unlocking the SIM card. If a PIN is required to unlock the SIM, uh, and the user is unaware, the device is left dormant until you go in and unlock. Uh, during the downtime, of course, the phone can't make or receive calls, messages, or access anything. It's basically just a <laughs> just a screen at that point. Uh, Bogdan well, Alecu is better. The, the developer that discovered it, Bogdan Alecu, uh, he also notes that on rare occasions, a reboot does not occur. In those instances, the phone will reconnect itself, allowing for messaging via SMS and phone calls, but mobile data will uh, not until you manually reboot the device. Uh, I'd be curious to see if sometimes we, uh, this happens during handoffs and you have to force it into airplane mode and then uh, force it back out, and that'll cause it to reconnect. But, uh, yeah, that's kind of interesting. What were you going to say, Eric? Uh, the, the way that this was being presented at first, people were saying, reboots the phone and you lose your data, and... That could have been handled better because, because it, like when I first read like the headlines on this, I thought it was going to reboot my phone and then wipe it. 
But in fact, you just lose access. You you lose access to your mobile data network. Oh, connection. you thought it was like data, like all of your data, like my data part. Your data. Um, yeah, that <laughs> yeah, would have yeah. been one heck of a vulnerability. Not your yeah, connectivity. <laughs> no. Right. So, one other thing with this is that the the flash SMS. Um, I what I believe this is, um, would be like if you guys have ever had to, like, send messages to your to your carrier either to like refill on minutes or check, you know, check your usage or whatever. Um, sometimes you can text them and what it does is it, it sends you back. It doesn't send you back a text message the way that you think it would. It sends back like this, like pop-up message that's, you know, clear and sort of like it's a little transparent and then you just say, you know, hit the back button or whatever and it goes away. So that's the type of text message. I don't think I've that, ever seen that. Interesting. Yeah. So it's, it's a little, it's a little different. Um, but uh, yeah, I thankfully I have not gotten hit by any any bored hacker out here just looking to be a dick, which is I'm very grateful for. Uh, it says Google has already been made aware of the problem, of course, uh, and they told uh, Alec as early as July that the four three update would fix the issue. Uh, it didn't, and is present in Android four four as well as legacy iterations. When prompted for response, Google said, quote, We thank him for bringing the possible issue to our attention, and we are investigating. It's so there's some speculation that the, all the people seeing 4.4.1 um, in the wild, that ah, this may right. be, in, like a fix for this may be included in that. Right. Uh, it's been tested on the GNEX, the Nexus 4 and 5. Uh, also tested on a variety of devices from other vendors with none realizing the issues. Uh, if you want to safeguard yourself, they say here on Android Community, uh, an app by the name of Class Zero Firewall is available uh, in the Play Store. It says this will allow for safeguarding against the amount of Flash SMS you receive uh, and can even ignore them after a threshold set by the user. So, And I, I was curious, I wonder if TechSecure has this uh, glitch in it. Maybe that's why I never see it. I, I don't know. Well, I don't think it's it, I don't I don't think it's the messaging app it's that, a system that handles thing. this. Right. Yeah, it's like okay. the messaging framework right, of Android. Right. Gotcha. Crazy. Mm. Let's see here. Uh, you mentioned that there was a, a new KitKat update uh, being seen in the wild, and this is different from the one I got on the Nexus Ten, right? That was a that was a different because I got KitKat and then it updated again with like a. It wasn't a revision, like a version or anything. It was just some update. Yeah, th this one actually seems to be a, a small point update. Um, and it's the story is over on, I think, XDA. No, I'm sorry. It's 9 to 5 Google. Um, and, it, it, I mean, it doesn't look like they've seen a lot of them. You know, they, they have, uh, you know, the counts that they're getting. It's like 13 Nexus 4s have, <laughs> have shown this and... 26, you know, Nexus 5s have shown it. So it's still a very, very small number. Um, and I'm guessing that it's it's just... Um, and this stuff can be fake, too, so you don't even know that it sure, is true. Sure, uh, And, but, uh, I mean, KitKat... There's an article on Tom's Hardware saying that KitKat's running on 1.1% of Android devices. So um, just kind of starting out a little slow, but, you know... <laughs> It'll get out there. That's a little mind-blowing, though, time. because that would be, at this point, every Nexus 7, every Nexus 4, every Nexus 5, Earth every up. Nexus 10 should be running this. Right, plus the Verizon Moto Xs. Yeah, so, like, the fact that all of these devices, which it in the U.S., is a, that's a sizable amount of devices, is only 1%. You know why, though? Because the the majority of the devices that are in people's hands are Samsung Galaxy S3s and S4s and probably some yeah. HTC ones, uh, and those are all running like 422 or 4, 4 4.3 or 4.1. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. Or also 4.1, sure. I, I'll be... It's a good point. I can't wait to see I, what, what happens to those numbers when the S3 and S4... Um, and the notes kick over to uh, right. to 4.4. It would be interesting to see. And it's kind of uh, amusing that Froyo is at 1.6%, uh, 
uh, right above Kit Kat at 1.1%. <laughs> and then, uh, let's see, you got gingerbread is 24, uh, honeycomb 0.1%. There's like five people that yeah. have like legacy transformer pads or something running stock honeycomb. Uh, ICS mm. is at 18.6. Jelly Bean in all of its iterations are 37.4, 12.9, and 4.2. So. You have to admit that Honeycomb had the best Android mascot. Yeah, I I did enjoy the the little bee, the little Android little bee. bee, the bee. Oh, let's see. Did you see the Moto G reviews? You want to talk about that real quick? Pretty decent little device. Yeah, I've seen a couple myself online, like uh, on YouTube, basically different websites, and uh, yeah, it's. Uh, I think the big thing is the price for what you're getting. It's a really good phone, um, you know, no LTE, you know, you get 8 or 16 gigs of storage, but otherwise, like, in terms of benchmarks, it, in a couple benchmarks, is actually faster than this Nexus 4, you know, and uh, it's not a bad little uh, device, so. Well, and it depends, I mean, you know, like, Quadrant, and it, it depends what kind of benchmarks they're yeah. doing, but you can get different <laughs> different results from all of them. I mean, so. it's not like Samsung, you know, de- you know deliberately cheating on the benchmarks, but yeah, a lot of the common benchmarks are showing that... Optimizing the benchmark a, for yeah, the device I'll, instead of the other way around. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's a decent little phone. I mean, I probably would consider getting it myself if I wasn't, you know, already having a Nexus. Right. Uh, it says here, article on Android and me, uh, the general consensus on the Moto G seems to be that it's light years ahead of other devices in this price bracket. Uh, I'm going to go one step further. They say here and say even after using it for just a short time, it can easily take on phones that price-wise seem out of its league. Um, one of the things I hear about it is it's got really good battery life. Right, that, right. Uh, 400, Snapdragon 400 processor combined with the battery, which is about the same size as the Nexus 4 battery, right. but it really sips, uh, sips power, so that's good. And it's only a 4.5-inch HD display, so you're not... I mean, I don't know how how much of a difference four seven to four nine to four five is really as far as battery consumption, but that, that's a, probably an upgrade for a lot of people. Like my last phone was an Atrix two, that would have been a still a significant upgrade for me. So uh, they say the camera isn't all that great. Um, it's good enough to snap a grainy picture to send to your mom, or maybe even post a filter slathered Instagram pic. <laughs> But it won't be winning any awards. Well, that's uh, what Auto Awesome is for, right? It, exactly. <laughs> that's they. We'll we'll handle it after the fact. Okay, Google, enhance. Yeah, enhance. exactly. Uh, and then they say there's the lack of LTE. There's no getting around this. If you want ultra fast data on your phone, you can pass on the Moto G. Uh, if you feel like you can live with HSPA Plus and Wi-Fi, then don't let it deter you. Uh, he was evil, uh, easily achieving 30 megabits down on home Wi-Fi. Uh, which is right around where his MacBook tests at. So, Eric, any thoughts on the Moto G? Just that it is getting the sort of like the water cooler buzz that the original Nexus 4 was getting in, and that the Moto X and the Nexus 5 did not get um, because of the pricing. Yeah. My boss was telling me yesterday... You know, he he yelled over the cubicle and said, "Eric, have you have you seen this Moto something or other phone that's like 170 bucks?" <laughs> and we had a conversation about it because people look at this and then they look at, you know, look at the price of the Moto X even on sale. If you want a, you know, 32 gig uh, Moto X, that's 400 dollars. Yeah. You yeah. get you could get two of these for that price. Yeah, and if exactly. you want the Oppo N one, you could get, I, shit, I think you can get like six or five or six of these at that price. Right. So it's, I don't, I I think it's really really uh, a good idea, and that it, I'm I'm interested to see if this cuts into the iPhone five C sales, which have already been I think a little lackluster, by all accounts that I've heard. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Kellex over on Droid Life has an article about do you get a Moto X or do you get a Nexus 5? Uh, of course, the main thing it comes down to is the carrier, right? If you're on Verizon, you have to get a Moto X because there is no Nexus 5. Uh, but uh, let's assume that you're on a carrier that supports either or. 
uh, he goes kind of through through like the specs and everything, and of course they say like on paper the Nexus Five blows the Moto X out of the water, but when you're actually using it, the devices are are quite comparable. Like they're they they it, the Moto X definitely keeps up. So those optimizations. I don't think I agree with they, that premise though. As far like, as what? why does it why does it blow it out of the water? Well, just number wise, right? You're going dual core against quad core. Uh, they both have two gigs of RAM. Uh, I would say, yeah, just the processor then, right? Because everything else is pretty well the same. Yeah, and the, um, I mean, the camera. I I don't know the if if the what the pictures if there's a side by side of Nexus Five versus Moto X since one has OIS and the other has Clear Pixel. Right. But these seem very very comparable. Right. Personally, I like the four seven form factor just coming from a GeneX. Anything bigger than that, and like I have a hard time just reaching the top of the screen for notification swipe down. So the four yeah. seven is a sweet spot for for me personally. Yeah, uh, I'm at and the of same course here, the Nexus four pretty much uh, is my limit, like in terms of fitting in the jeans. And right. Like yeah. Exactly. Maneuvering. Yeah. Exactly. So um, let's see. Of course, the the Nexus five has wireless charging. The Moto X does not. Um. Yeah. Other than that, they both weigh exactly 130 grams. <laughs> and then, of course, the price per gram is the same. The price, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I don't know what would you guys. I mean, personally, I, of course, being on Verizon and having a Moto X, I would just say Moto X because I do love this phone. Like, I still, the more I use it, the more it's just like it does everything perfectly. So I don't, I don't know if I would want uh, the Nexus Five, but. Either of you guys lean towards the Nexus Five. If I'm the only thing I'm that on, go ahead, oh, Nick. I'm sorry. Okay, I was going to say if I were on Verizon, you know, I would personally go for a Max instead of a a Jordan Max instead of a Moto X. But uh, as as far as between those two, I'd probably just go for the Moto X. I mean, I like the power that the Nexus Five has, and all the reviews I heard on that was is just super smooth. But uh, I like a lot of the extra bonus features that the Moto X has and a lot of the software stuff I think still matters and I just think the Moto X has just that extra bit, bit of uh, functionality that the Nexus 5 doesn't have. Honestly, for me, it's the active notifications and the touchless control. Like I, I am so spoiled with those things now. My next device will have to have them. Like I, It's, it's integral to, to my Android experience. Uh, and then uh, Kellex kind of finishes up. He says, you guys probably know that I'm a Moto X fan, like a really big Moto X fan. I'm also now a massive Nexus 5 fan outside of its camera. Both phones perform amazingly well. They run the newest version of Android uh, before everyone else and provide us with the preferred stock Android experience. Motorola has added some amazing features that make it stand out from all smartphones. The active display touches control. Uh, while the Nexus 5 is pretty bare-bones outside of the Google Experience Launcher, which you can sideload on your Moto X if you really want it. Uh, but the Nexus 5 has a far superior display, while the Moto X gives you one-handed operability and a better overall feel, and the option to customize it at no extra charge. So, yeah. They're both good. It it just depends on, like I said, your carrier and, and you know, what you're going to do with it. Yeah, this would be an interesting experience trying the, what is it, the Google Experience Launcher or whatever on the Moto X. I wonder what that would be like. Probably not as good, but... Yeah, I don't know. I haven't sideloaded it on mine just because I like the the launcher that, you know, came with, but... One thing that concerns me, though, is Motorola is still not up to Nexus, up to the Nexus, like, consistently when it comes to Android updates. Yeah. It seems like they did they did all right with the four dot four update, but that's, that's one instance. That's it's, gonna that's be the exception. Unknown. That's yeah, good. that's the exception. It's gonna be the last update these phones see. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. I hope you like it because that's where you're gonna stay. And that that's where I struggle. Like it, I I I think the Moto X is a very good phone. It looks great. You've raved about it. I'm not that. I'm not that big on the Nexus 5. I'm happy with my Nexus 4, you know, given that choice. But I, the update thing is is a big deal. And I, I just don't see it yet with the Moto X. 
Yeah, you have two things to go through. One, you know, Motorola, you know, they would tend to, you know, update a little slower than Google, obviously. And then, of course, it's behind a carrier if you buy one on contract, whereas, you know, it's that two levels of, of abstraction from the initial update that comes out to the Nexus device. So, yeah, I could see that. Do you guys see this article on Computer World? Uh, Matt Hamblin writing says, Google's Nexus lineup may not sell well, but it still challenges Android makers. Uh, he says, it's been nearly four years since Google sold its first Nexus device, uh, running Android the Nexus One, back in January 2010. Uh, in smartphone terms, four years can seem like a decade, especially when most smartphones turn over in two. Uh, so it's certainly fair to ask, has Google's Nexus smartphone and tablet series, featuring no software modifications beyond basic Android and coming unlocked from carriers, had much of an impact, if not in sales, then in the overall market? Uh, during the last four years, the total Android market, including devices made by several manufacturers, has grown to dominate global smartphone sales, reaching about 80% of the market, while Android on tablets outdistance iPads in 2013, uh, according to IDC. Uh, they say oh. Google... Oh, yeah, go ahead. D discuss. I, say, I think the greater impact of the Nexus lineup is more on pushing develop not developers, but pushing, well, maybe to some extent developers, but pushing the industry, like the manufacturers, the OEMs, of, you know, the Android OS, you know, Android phones, pushing them to build better phones, because it seems like there are a lot of crappy phones just a few years ago, like really crappy, and that's why you got something like the iPhone that can just take off because it's premium in a world of not very good phones. And so it took Google and not just Android, but their own lineup of phones and tablets to sort of push the industry in, into creating much better hardware, not just their own custom software on it. Because you know Android was rough when it first came out. And, you know, the manufacturers really had to resort to putting their own skins on it, you know. But I think uh, Google and Android, their impact has been more in pushing the hardware than just, you know, the software. So, Well, I think it's, it's both. Um, yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely a heavy emphasis on the hardware. Um, yeah. But if you look at the way that, you know, Google and a lot of these other companies do business is that they'll have, like, like for apps, they have developer relation people. They have, uh, you know, what they'll they'll call like like developer evangelists or tech evangelists or whatever the buzzword is. And the the whole idea is to is to have somebody from from the company who is pushing, like who is the the major influencer in Android, uh, who is Google. Um, even though even though it's you know technically like the open is the open handset alliance and things like that but Google is is really pushing Android um itself so it's getting them together in the same room with you know these with these hardware people and like getting down to the nitty-gritty and setting the stage for what is the gold standard for Android uh going forward that's why we see a lot of these phones nowadays are you know I think it was with what the Nexus the Galaxy Nexus, I think, was the first Nexus phone that took away the SD card. And that was two years ago. And now, look, like we're losing SD cards on most of our top-of-the-line top phones. And well, it's, if, it's if, because Google set the gold standard. And if you have more than, I mean, 16 is probably baseline now. You, I don't think an 8-gig device is uh, cutting it anymore. But, you know, a 32 gig Nexus uh, GeneX, like you didn't need any more storage. But back in the day, you did need it because all the devices were only coming with like eight gigs. So, yeah, you know, yeah, and, and the I'm networks fine. weren't that great either. So the right. whole cloud idea, uh, you know, at least in the states, was was you know still a little bit difficult to uh, to navigate. Do you think that the evolution came from Google setting the standard with the first Nexus devices? Like would we be where we're at now as far as tablets like the the Samsung Galaxy Tab 10 and the the new Nexus 10 that's coming out soon hopefully. Um like would we have gotten to to that that greatness if Google wouldn't have wouldn't have had the Nexus program? Like, will we still be so. rocking crappy skins and bulky yeah. hardware or what? Yeah, I don't think so. And I think one, another thing is they've done better than like Microsoft, for example. You know, Microsoft makes a tablet 
and you know their OEM partners like, whoa, hey, you're a competitor yeah, now. Yeah. Google makes a tablet, and you don't hear that from the Android OEM. So I think that's kind of interesting. But Google's done better than Microsoft, for example, with that. So that's because the Nexus phone it's it's not the it's not the <laughs> Google Nexus Five. Uh, well, sometimes it is, but it's it's the LG Nexus yeah. Five. Like Microsoft, aren't they? Isn't isn't like their their Surface tablets? They're just yeah. their Surface. It's not that's true. the Acer Surface. Um, yeah, that's a good point. So that that's probably got to take the uh, take the wind out of some of some of their partners when it comes to that. Yeah, like uh, and, Google, they're not really stealing thunder as well. Like with the phones that come out, like they don't like they are the one percent perhaps of the market in terms of Android, as opposed to you know like Surface. That's probably a huge percent of the market of. Windows tablets because there are so few of those. So I don't know. Yeah, and and to your to your question, Matt, about would we be would we be in this same place? Um, I think we we probably would eventually have landed. You know, somebody would in the same there, area. Right? Somebody would have got us there. It would have taken years because <laughs> it it would have been solely based on trial and error, and you know, sort of corporations looking at each other and saying what worked, what didn't work. Instead, Google, you know, sat down, you know, with with these manufacturers one at a time, and as they do a Nexus device, they're thinking through these, you know, these long term strategic questions and figuring out what is going to be the, you know, the design standard in, you know, one to two years. I'm glad that they did. I like my Nexus 10. I want a new one. Yeah, <laughs> they're devices. They're good devices. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is like a three-page article, so we'll throw a link to it in the show notes at tagoftheandreys.com if you guys want to read the rest of it. Um, talking about, like, tablets and stuff, did you guys see uh, this article on CNET by Lance Whitney? He uh, wrote about the Slate HD, uh, HP quietly launching some new Android tablets. Uh, there's four of them. Uh, they popped up for sale online on Monday with little fanfare. Um, let's see, it says... Uh, there's a HP Slate 7 Plus, the Slate 7 Extreme, the HP Slate 8 Pro, and the Slate 10 HD. Uh, they come with 422 uh, Jelly Bean, uh, and they're all available except for the Slate 7 Extreme. That's the worst name. This this it's too many yeah. S's. They actually came. <laughs> they actually came out with the Slate 7. I think a few months ago, and it was like basically a very low-end Nexus 7 competitor. So it's right. good to see they're coming up with something newer, but still, yeah. So basically for 150 bucks, you can get the Slate 7 Plus. <laughs> so many S's. Uh, it's a 7-inch, 1280 by 800, 8 gig storage, NVIDIA Tegra 3 with a micro SD card slot, and more than six whole hours of battery life. <laughs> uh, for 200 bucks, you can get the Slate 7 Extreme, so 50 bucks more. Uh, it's the same display, but uh, you get 16 gigs of storage and a Tegra 4 uh, with an HDMI port and 10 hours of battery life. That sounds better. Uh, 330 bucks gets you the Slate 8 Pro, which is an 8-inch screen 720p front-facing camera uh, and up to 11 and a half hours of battery life. And then uh, for 300 that can't be right. It's got to be 400 right? They say in here 300 for the Slate 10 HD, hmm. uh, which is, yeah, it's got to be 400. Uh, that's a Marvel SoC uh, PXA 986 dual core with 16 gigs of storage. So, I don't know. Are, are you into HP tablets? <laughs> Not the. I like the touchpad. <laughs> I like yeah. their notebooks. Like, I have a couple of their notebooks, but I haven't tried any of their tablets. In all seriousness, the the original Palm Pre, you know, ten inch tablet was a very nice tablet. It felt good um, in the hand, and you know, the hardware was very nice. I think they could do a good job, but you know, you, they'd have to. They need to have like an angle on this because there's there's a lot of really good you know ten inch tablets out there. So why should I pick an HP one over anything else? Cloud printing? No. Because the high, there. because the high point or whatever those ones are called at Walmart are too crappy. I don't know. <laughs> well, if you're, I mean, to your point, 
get a Nexus 10. You, you talk about it all the time. And now they're on sale. Like there was, there was something over Black Friday, I think, where you could get a, you get a Nexus 10. I believe it was the 16 gig version. Um, and it was like from like an official, I think it was like the, like an official refurbisher on eBay or something like that. Um, you could get it for like $300 with a $100 gift card or something like that. That's awesome. If you're going to get a tablet, get that. Yeah. That's sure. better. I've gotten mad tons of great use out of this thing. And yeah, I, d- I definitely want to save up and get the, the new one when it, when it comes out. But, well, good try, HP. I mean, you know, <laughs> good try. The, the only thing <laughs> I could see them being somewhat successful in is if Android tablets do better in enterprise. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of companies out there that will do, the, they'll do a deal with, you know, to where they, all their computers are HPs. Um, so if, if part of that deal can be, you know, for every hundred computers or you buy, we throw in one of these tablets for your, you know, executive or whatever, then that might get their foot somewhat in the door. But at this point they're sort of just generic. Um, you know, there's nothing special about, about them at all. I think just availability will be something if they're just in all the best buys and Walmarts and stuff like that. Honestly, a lot of people that aren't tech heads will be like, "Ooh, this looks good. Ooh, it's a tablet. Ooh, I can afford it," and they'll get it. So, <laughs> affordable. And they'll say, "Ooh, it's tablet. HP. I know them." Yes, pretty much. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you know, <laughs> never, never underestimate the uh, the power of of uh, you know name recognition. Yep, that's true. Uh, let's shift gears a little bit. Are are dual booting phones the future of Android, Eric? No, future. <laughs> Nick, future? No, future. <laughs> I just don't. See I'm gonna. It. I'm gonna I say mean, maybe. Yeah, maybe. Counterpoint, no. Nick. Two different, an- two different Android operating systems, <laughs> maybe. But I mean, I can't no. Feel like see, phone. <laughs> if it's gonna dual boot, it needs to dual boot into Windows, so you can then dock it into your mouse keyboard and then oh, do yeah. do that kind of thing. That would be cool. Uh, I can see that on a 10 inch tablet, perhaps. Well, and so, uh, the the article points out this is off of Android and me. Uh, says that, you know, they talk about the Asus Transformer Book Trio, which ran both Android and Windows 8. That was awesome, except it was wicked expensive. Um, on the go, you had an Android and light Windows tablet, but when you plugged it into the keyboard dock, it came to life with full-blown Intel Core i7 um, and a big old battery and hard drive. That thing was cool. I like that thing. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, they say it was a niche device that never really blossomed. It was struck with a high price that effectively killed the deal for many potential buyers, me included. Uh, but the execution of the Transformer Book Trio isn't the only way to release a dual OS device. Um, they say just in the last couple of days, we've seen the CEO of Jala, creator of Sailfish OS, come out and say that Jala is working to allow Sailfish to run on Android hardware. What is Sailfish? What is Jala? Are you guys it, familiar with this at all? I know it's compatible with some Android apps. I'm not sure how how much like Android it is. Maybe it's based on Android. I, I don't I don't recall. But a lot of uh, the people that work there or started the company up, they used to be Nokia employees, and they basically left and uh, started this company up. I think a year, year and a half, maybe two years ago. I can't remember when. But so yeah, it runs on all the same hardware. A lot of your Android and Windows RT, you know operating systems run on, you know, the ARM architecture. So, but uh, it's uh, kind of bare bones. It looks a little bit from what I've seen, like the BB10 OS. It's very like swipe and gesture right. driven, stuff like that. There's not like uh, buttons at the bottom, like unless you pull, like just imagine this is the screen, you would like pull up and then there's buttons. Or, here, I have a, I have a screen, like I have a screenshot of, of what yeah. it looks like here. Um, it looks cool, but right now they're putting on essentially their Nexus type hardware is essentially uh, low to mid, low to medium end hardware. That's what they're selling as their uh, first phone. But I mean, it looks nice from what I've seen. It's responsive enough, you know, but it looks pretty good. That's not it. I don't think that the the future of dual booting <laughs> phones though is necessarily. Um, I want to run Sailfish and Android. Um, yeah. If it's anything, it's it's either going to be I want to have there you go Windows eight, and yeah. you know Android on this device that I can switch between the two. What Matt was talking about, or yeah. even 
you know, I, I have a work phone, but I want to have, you know, Eric's personal Android where I can st- install all the stupid crap I want and Eric's True. work Android, which is, you know, hyper secure, only has my work apps, um, things like that. Yeah, that's, that's where cool. I that's where I think it's more likely that this dual booting thing, if it takes off, will take off. It's in the, yeah. it's in enterprise. But can't you already do that with the user accounts? You could just set up a business user account and then your personal user account, and then just switch users that way, hooked up to a business Gmail and then your personal Gmail. I mean, that's I, one. That's kind of a ghetto way to do it, but you could do it that way. I think that's. I think you. I think you just made the argument for me. It's sort of a getaway to do it. Right. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it, these these companies, like there are technologies out there that, you know, create these virtual sandboxes within your your current Android, you know, uh, Android install to where you can yeah. do work stuff within that secure sandbox. Right. Um, but I'm sure that companies, especially ones dealing with, you know, very sensitive data, like, you know, a bank or something, would probably want to have its own separate you know piece of the operating system period that they control from from beginning to end when it comes to software updates and what is you know what's installed and interacting with with their apps yeah some of these corporations they're they're open to bring your own device or they'll supply you a device but if they have that avenue of having a part of it secure and work only i think they would opt for that so i could certainly see that as an option I, i don't see like windows rt and then boot to, you know, Android or boot to Sailfish, that part I just don't see much much of a use for. I know Microsoft has tried in the past to incentivize like HTC or other OEMs to also boot, you know, their OS as an option, but uh, I don't see that particular aspect working. So when I was working at J.P. Morgan, I was, I was one of the first people that was able to test, um, you know, basically it was an app for Android or iPhone that created a virtual sandbox and I could get to my my email, my calendar and my intranet at work from my phone and I have, <laughs> I eventually got got like you know froze out of the program, kicked out of the program because um they did an update to the app that looked to see if you were rooted and they said, "Oh, because you're rooted, you're no longer allowed to participate." Um oh. so that is you know, if you had a separate separate boot, that's a situation where that one doesn't have to be rooted, but my personal one could be rooted so that way I could still do titanium backup or, you know, yeah. whatever other root app that I wanted to. Yeah. I'm sure some enterprising modders could probably build that sort of system anyways. Maybe there's something out there we just don't don't know of. Yep. Says here, I'll be completely honest, I think Sailfish looks quite nice, and since it's compatible with Android apps, I'd be perfectly happy with, at the very least, trying it. If it's as simple as flashing a new ROM onto my phone, I would be entirely up for using it. The UI looks beautiful, and I'm leaning towards optimism that the apps designed for Sailfish will look just as nice. This is kind of interesting. He says, now here's a thought. What if we didn't need to flash it onto our Android phones? What if our phones came pre-installed with Android and Sailfish? Dual booting Android and Sailfish, uh, it's entirely possible because they're both rooted in Linux. And because you can flash Sailfish onto Android phones, it must be able to run on the same hardware. Uh, with full Android app compatibility, the idea of a phone running both Sailfish and Android sounds quite appealing. That's interesting. Yeah. I can I can I can already see the uh, the XDA post now of get rid of Sailfish, get more memory for your Android install. Yeah, right. That's like, I, that's I true, think that's right? Because I keep I'm at like 800 megs left on my Moto X. Yeah. I went through actually and deleted a bunch of music I had cached that I just I was running out of space. Um, so yeah, to put a whole nother OS on it, you definitely need at least like 64 gigs on that thing. But or Selfish does what look if, pretty. What if you so put if you if you think about it like I'm just flashing a ROM, an Android ROM, then really what is the harm in trying it and what's the harm in it being out there? Yeah, yeah, definitely. What well, what about like do they is there a partition where all the files go where both operating systems can access equally, you know, if that's an option, how much does that take away does the operating system take away from from that space, you know? I don't know. The phones G- look kind of cool too. Yeah, they it do. looks like that that gum that has like two flavors in it. <laughs> yeah, what was that called? Now that you mentioned fruit it, yeah, stripe gum. 
Oh, man. Uh, let's see. The Oppo N1 with CyanogenMod Mod coming in December, December 10th, for uh, 600 bucks, 599 <laughs> Yeah. What, what I mean, carriers? could have been cheaper. What carriers? Can you get it? <laughs> it's a big-ass phone, though, so... And it and the it camera is. swivels. It's a bap. The camera swivels. Yep. I mean, come on. What more could you possibly want? That is a big ass phone. <laughs> I am. I am seriously considering this. I just need to figure out how to ask my wife. No, don't I, do it. You know, I'll I, sell the Nexus Four. That is. <laughs> that is how. That is how much I am like really excited about this phone. I will sell the Nexus Four. Cool, man. Thirteen megapixel camera that swivels two hundred and six degrees. Yeah. A 1.7 gigahertz quad core Snapdragon, two gigs of RAM, and either 16 or 32 gig storage. Uh, 5.9 inch 1080p display, uh, and a 12 centimeter O touch touchpad. O touch giggity on its rear giggity. <laughs> that is meant to help. <laughs> That's kind of cool, right? Because I mean, you touch the back and it's of got your the clicker phone all the time. I, yeah, I forget the name of the clicker, but it has that. Huh. I, oh, yeah, I yeah, wish the, that it were a little uh, cheaper, device. but it is honestly yeah. not that expensive when you compare it to a typical unlock price. That's a top-of-the-line like... phone unlocked, you know, unsubsidized. That's the price. That's the standard, right? 600 bucks, man. New S4, 600 bucks. New HTC One, you know, 600 bucks. And it's and it's backed by CyanogenMod when it comes to updates. Yeah. So unless they get this new hardware partner... And just completely drop the ball on the N1. Uh, this will probably run the latest version of Android, um, yep. you know, sooner than most phones. Right. Yep. If if you get the the non CM one, it comes with Android 4.2.2 uh, with Color OS. Uh, but then, of course, you get the option for the CyanogenMod uh, directly through the device's stock recovery, or you, know you can and get just, the pre-installed version. What just to, just to mention uh, the Color OS it. Actually, is kind of like what is it? The Google Launcher, the Google Experience Launcher. They're kind of similar in terms of really big icons, you know, very uh, friendly, simplistic design. So it's kind of ColorOS is, you know, maybe it's not as up to date as you know some of these other operating systems, but that's not actually a bad operating system. I'm not sure how the uh, Chingrish is. That's what they call it, the Chinese slash English. You know, that kind of gets littered. Do they call it that? (laughs) Uh, I've heard one person. English? English? I've seen that reviewer call it that. Do you pray English? I thought you called it English, like the Ingress, like the game. Well, there's that, but it's it's in China, and they have English in China. Then it's a little different. So I'm not an expert in that. Oh, I see what you mean. It's like Ebonics, Eric. No, no, no. It's I, I get it. Like it. The it's like you're in China it, and there's an option to view English and you're lucky some of the characters are in English that kind of stuff. But anyways, just uh, yeah, I'm done. Sorry. I thought you were being <laughs> racist. You were just being precise. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, you couldn't see it, but I was using air quotes <laughs> when I said that. Oh, okay. But For our listeners, that that's what air quotes sounds like. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right, uh, before we do app picks, did you guys see this? this is cool. I don't know who, who threw this in the dock. Um, the, do you guys remember that old HTC HD devices? Like what, they had the HD and the HD2 or something? Yeah. It was like it wasn't their I, – I don't know. It was back when Running Windows, Windows Phone. Yeah, Windows 6, Mobile. 5, no, it was, yeah. it was before Windows, Windows Phone because this is what my old uh, – my HTC Vogue was running. It was Windows 6. Um, mm. But, yeah, somebody got – Android 4.4 running on it, which is crazy. People um, are ridiculous, and they have a lot of time on their that's hands. so awesome. But, we, yeah, well, I thought that was cool. We'll throw a link to it in the show notes at attackoftheandroids.com. It's off of Android Authority. So. Um, it's so weird how that's like, awesome. just weird phones will get a cult following like this, like yeah, the yeah. HD2. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's it, one thing great. for the original Nexus or something to get it, but an HD2 from HTC, yeah. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that it was it came with Windows Mobile, you know, and now it's, yeah. it's they got KitKat running on it with the latest version, accounting for one point one percent of all Android installs. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, let's see, Android four point three Jelly Bean uh, Cyanogen Mod ten point two stable now available for certain devices, uh, and Android four four base nightlies coming soon. Uh, what devices are supported here most of them 
all the Nexus brands, uh, and pretty much every high-end device that was uh, released in the last 18 months, they say here on uh, IB Times. So all of your your uh, Galaxy S4s, maybe the S3, I think they have it. Uh, I don't know. The HTC ones, stuff like that. Yes. So, Matt, do you want to talk about Republic Wireless before we go? You oh, give our listeners oh, an opportunity to take some shots? Only if you drink. <laughs> <laughs> sure. What's going on? They got the Moto X coming out on, on yes. Republic Wireless. That's pretty cool, man. We talked about this before, that they they got the Moto X. It was a, it was a big deal because your other options were the... The Defy the Optimus XT and, and the Optimus. Remember when they and first the came out? It was the LG Optimus, <laughs> the Optimus yeah. Prime. Yo, <laughs> not exactly many head turners there. No, uh, but, but the cool thing have... was is that it was Republic Wireless, and it was like this cool new way to get your phone on. You know, yeah, and it was cheap. Yep, like five dollars yes. a month was the is the cheapest plan. That that's cheap. That's pretty so, cheap. That's pretty damn cheap. And to be able to get a Moto X on it, that's awesome. For 300 bucks, yeah. yeah. Well, and so these guys are if 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 folks don't know what Republic Wireless is, it's a um it is a carrier which is an MVNO that runs off of the Sprint network. Um and what what their what their little shtick is is that you use your Wi-Fi for your phone and for your uh, for your text call and data um, as much as possible, and it will hop on the Sprint network if you are not around a wireless, you know, a Wi-Fi signal. The idea is that most um, the the majority of your time is spent at home or at work, where you have Wi-Fi, and then the time that you're in between or on the weekends or whatever, then you can use the the Sprint network. Yeah, and I believe that you know. This was a while ago when Joey was on the show. He had signed up for Republic Wireless and given it a shot, yeah. and he didn't really like it. Yeah, but that um, was—I mean—that was like beta, wasn't it? Did he? I forget if he was in on the beta or if he got in after that. But it was early days, I so I, I bet it probably didn't work all that well. Yeah, well, and that's what the reviewer talks about MVNOs. too. I'm what sorry, Nick? Uh, that's what the reviewer was talking about too. Is that you know before there would uh, there would be like these little disconnects or hiccups when you would move the from Wi Fi calling to cell calling. The handoff was was glitchy. Yeah, yeah. But now they're saying that that these problems have you know pretty much gone away. That the handoffs are smooth. Nice. Um, so th- if you think about it, paying if you paid was it three ninety nine or two ninety nine for the Moto X. And you signed up for a, you know, even just the $25 a month plan, which includes unlimited um, 3G data if you're not near a Wi-Fi access point. Like, that is a really, really cheap cell phone plan on a very nice phone. Yeah. Yeah. You could do, or you could do $40 a month and you get the 4G from Sprint. So I, if yeah. you're in a Sprint area, I would. After reading this review, I would seriously consider. That's still uh, wicked cheaper than like I'm paying for Verizon for LTE and stuff, and you know, with even with my grandfather in unlimited plan, like it's still double that. You know, at least eighty bucks a month. It's ridiculous. Yep. But there is no sprint here, so I can't uh, get on it. What, Nick? Oh yeah, my wife's paying like fifty a month on Virgin Mobile. So she's and that's another Sprint MVNO. Right, and yeah, generally the MVNOs are going to give it to you a little cheaper than the the actual carriers. But all right, let's do some app picks and get out of here. Uh, Eric, give us an app pick. What? Start us off. Fine. Now. My app pick is called Duolingo. 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 Um, yeah. And it is sort of uh, a Rosetta. Rosetta Stone type app. Um, it's free and it teaches you another language. Um, you can, the languages that they currently support are Spanish, French, German, Portuguese, Italian, and something else that I can't remember. Um, Chinese? Klingon? No. Is it Klingon? Kling- God, I wish it were Klingon. <laughs> is it Elvish? Um, Elvin? Elvish? Elvis? Is it Elvis? <laughs> it is not, it, it's not Elvis either. Okay. None um, of those. <laughs> so it is i i was playing with this uh, with this app because i kind of want i want to learn a little german 
you know, just, you know, from my heritage. It's a beautiful you know? language. Yeah. <laughs> so I I was looking for apps, and this one is very clean. The design is beautiful, um, and it works well. I haven't gotten too far into it, so I don't know if I'm going to run up against, like, some sort of, you know, you know, hey, if you want to continue, pay $5. Nah. Um, <laughs> But uh, it looks great. It looks great on the Nexus 7 tablet. Um, and I would recommend it at least, you know, just to, just to play around if you want to learn a little new language and get all, you know, You know what, Eric? Eric, uh, next week yeah? I'm going to have you review a device in German, okay? Okay, hold on. Die Frau. Die Frau. <laughs> that means the woman. <laughs> awesome. All right, Duolingo. Awesome. Uh, Nick, app pick. For me, uh, I've got a little program. It's kind of similar to Space Invaders or, uh, what is it, Galaga. And uh, basically, it's a little program. It's for free. You can get, like, the demo version. It's uh, Radiant Free by Hexed Limited. And uh, it's basically a little space shooter like uh, many other ones out there. And uh, the free version allows you to play a a few levels of uh, one of the... uh, three uh, mission types, and uh, you basically just shoot a bunch of asteroids and or aliens. Let me see if I can show that. I won't be able to play this at all because I don't have Matt's mad skills. <laughs> Casual. I can show the screenshots from it from the, the Play Store, too. Yeah. But it's pretty decent. You can basically move around and uh, shoot, <laughs> shoot a bunch of things or avoid uh, asteroids and stuff. And uh, it's actually pretty fun to play. It's not terribly hard, at least the levels I've played so far. And uh, it's very bright. It, it's even playable on a phone. It looks it awesome. Yeah. I like I like Galaga. Like, I'm a mad, huge Galaga fan. So I might yeah, have, to, have to check this out. Apparently over 300 levels and episodes. That's what they're, they're called. They're, there are three different episodes. Some of it looks uh, like Space Invaders, and then some yeah. of it looks like Galaga, and then there's bosses that I don't even know what. But yeah, that's pretty cool. It's pretty cool. There's three different difficulty uh, settings. There's a lot of different upgrade options. Oh, two other things I think are significant. One, it's got support for the MOGA controllers. Oh, nice. You know, the shield and Nyko and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah. You can remap the buttons. Um, also, it's got the full screen mode. You know how like KitKat 4.4, you can have apps that go full screen. This will do that as well. So, and you can pull down, and there's the. Uh, let me see if I can show it here. But you can pull down. No. Nope. And the, and the little buttons at the bottom show up. So it's pretty pretty intelligent. So I nice. like it. Notifications and all that. So pretty pretty cool. And uh, the full version is two bucks, one ninety nine. But try the free version. See if you like it. If you like it, I get the the pay for version. So that's it, radiant free. Good deal. All right, my app pick is the second version of not one of my favorite games, but one of the more coolly designed and playable games. Like you have to, I showed you guys this uh, back when Not first came out. Uh, my app pick for tonight is Not Two. So it's just the second second version of Not, and this is that weird game where you have to rotate your tablet all around and it changes direction. And oh man, uh, it's it's really fun. Uh, you play with gravity basically, and you're like this that. Just sh- seems like a pain in the ass. It's so fun. On you have to have a tablet. I couldn't do it on a phone, but in in the tablet, like you're constantly spinning it around, and yeah, it's it's a cool game. It's a cool idea, and uh, yeah, you're a shadow kitty. I mean, what could be. What could be better than that? So, uh, not to check it out. N a u g h t. Yeah, I like it. I like it a lot. Not as much as Shadow Gun Dead Zone, which I've been back into playing again. If you guys want to play with me, uh, Groovy Matt, add me on there, and uh, I will destroy you. So, good stuff. All right. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Every Tuesday evening, join us here on Attack of the Androids. dot com. Uh, Wednesday Yats, Thursday Point and Shoot, Smartphone Photographer Hangout. So check us out online and subscribe in iTunes and hang out with us throughout the week on the Google Plus community. And we have our own YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe to that. All the links are on our website at attackoftheandroids.com. What's our email address, Eric? 
Well, if you would like to give us a question, comment, concern, or just be our friend, you can email us at show at attackoftheandroids.com. That's right. We don't have very many friends, so be our friend. <laughs> and check out androidheadlines.com. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> Leave us a message at 406-204-4687. Any Android questions you have, we'll be happy to answer them and help you out. So uh, other than that, we'll catch you next week. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to Attack of the Androids. Attack of the Androids dot com.